Welcome to Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Weldon. Today's story is called Acorn Milk and the Blue Goblins, an adaptation of a folktale from the British Isles written for you by Daniel Hines. This is part two of the story, so make sure you listen to part one from last week so you're all caught up. Today, we'd like to say a special thank you to Edie and her family, William and Nate Trannon and their family in Philadelphia, Odette and Theodora and their family in Fairytown, Arkansas, Sadie, Nora, James, and Salsa and their family, and Chloe and Adeline and their family from Charlotte, North Carolina. Thank you so much, Adeline, Chloe, Salsa, James, Nora, Sadie, Theodora, Odette, Nate, William, and Edie. You are part of what makes it possible for us to continue to produce fun new stories for our listeners. If you would like to support Stories Podcast, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes or just tell a friend about us. You can also check out all of our merch, available at storiespodcast.com shop. If you would like to receive a thank you in a future episode, head over to patreon.com stories and make a pledge. Then send an email to amanda at storiespodcast.com and let us know who to thank. Now here's a word from our sponsors. Thanks! Enjoy the episode! Acorn Milk and the Blue Goblins, Part 2 Peter, Peter! Sasha cried when they found their parents' empty bed. It worked! They really did it! Peter felt a little uneasy, but only until Sasha pulled out the cookies Mom had baked a couple days before. Want some breakfast? she asked, waggling a cookie in the air, and Peter smiled. All that day, they ate junk food, ran around the house, and just generally made a mess. No one told them to quiet down, no one told them what to do, and no one made them do the dishes. Best day ever, Sasha said, falling asleep on the couch, mouth smeared with cookie crumbs. Best day. (sighs) Peter slipped into sleep and started snoring. Sasha smiled, and then she too fell asleep. The next morning, they woke up and their parents were still gone. Peter worried a little, but Sasha reminded him that the Blue Goblins said it may be a day or two. With that in mind, they had another wild day, crashing out again in a pile of cookie crumbs and rubbish. Peter, Sasha said, tell me a bedtime story. What do I look like, Dad? Tell yourself a bedtime story. She grumbled in reply, but they were soon both fast asleep. When they woke up the next morning, they were greeted with crumbs, trash, and their parents' bed still empty. Peter, said Sasha, why aren't they back? I don't know, said Peter, opening cupboards and rummaging through. Hey, where are the cookies? Sasha burped. Right there in my belly. What about the crackers and the watermelon? We ate that yesterday. Are you making breakfast? I'm hungry too. Making breakfast with what? Peter asked, gesturing to the empty cupboards. We ate everything. I see flour, sugar. Can't you make pancakes like mom? Peter looked and shook his head. I don't know how. What do you mean you don't know how? Sasha said. I want pancakes. What do you mean? Peter shouted back. Why don't you make pancakes? They kept arguing and no pancakes got made by anyone. Nothing was cleaned. 
nothing was done. That night, a thunderstorm came through. Sasha and Peter laid together in their parents' bed, hungry and afraid, and barely got any sleep at all. At one point, Sasha started to cry a little, which made Peter cry, which just made Sasha cry all the harder. Are you okay? Peter asked, rain still lashing the roof. No, I'm not okay, Sasha wailed. I want my mom and dad. So did Peter, of course, but he tried to cheer her up anyway. Look on the bright side. You hated chores and brushing your teeth and eating vegetables, and now you don't have to do any of that. No chores, no brushing or veggies, Sasha said. No pancakes or bedtime stories or lullabies either. This was a bad trade. I want mom and dad back. Me too, Peter said. For now, let's just try to go to sleep. If they aren't home in the morning, we'll go find them. Sasha sniffled, but her tears seemed to slow. She looked at Peter, eyes wide and wet and blue as forest pools. Do you promise? I promise, Peter said, pulling her into a hug. Now let's get some sleep. It was quiet for a minute, and then Sasha spoke without opening her eyes or moving her head. Peter? Yeah? Could you please tell me a bedtime story? Peter started to argue, but one look at Sasha's teary face convinced him, and he started to sing. Once upon a time, there was a little girl who lived near the wood and thought she'd leave her home behind for good. She found a house all made of sweets and ate her way inside. But when the old witch came home, she cried. Peter, this is kind of scary. Uh, let me try again. Um. There was once a very clever girl whose mother had a fever. Deep in the woods was the cure to relieve her. So out she went into the woods, a deft and daring daughter. But darkness fell among the trees and caught her. I'm kind of stuck, I think. Let me see if I can help. She wandered lost in the woods. She thought she was done. But then her brother arrived and brought back the sun. Together they gathered the cure and wandered the loam. Together they walked through the trees and found their way home. Once upon a time there was a little girl who lived near the wood. She had her family all around for good, for good. As Peter and Sasha finished their story, 
The rain fell and the thunder boomed, and soon they were both asleep. When they woke up the next morning, their parents were still gone. That's it, said Peter. We've given the Blue Goblins enough time. Let's go get Mom and Dad back right now. Sasha agreed, and they got dressed as fast as they could. Not sure where to start, they waded into the three-day wood, hoping for the best. They spent most of the day wandering, looking for some sign or print, but found nothing. As darkness started to fall, they retreated back to the edge of the woods in despair. We'll never find Mom and Dad, Sasha said. What do we do? I don't know, said Peter miserably. Just let me think. They sat together at the edge of the woods for a while, listening as the chirping birds of the daytime gave way to the chirping nighttime bugs. Peter! Sasha cried suddenly. Look! She pointed into the woods. Peter peered for a minute and then saw what she meant. There, on a tree by the edge of the woods, was a small handprint. And it was glowing blue! The blue hands! Peter cried. If they let us out, they can lead us back in, Sasha said. They cheered and then started into the woods, the glowing handprints easy to spot now that it was dark. Thankfully, the moon was full enough to light their way, though there was still plenty of stumbling over the busy forest floor. Finally, Peter saw a glow ahead. He whispered for Sasha to follow him, slow and quiet, and they crept through the trees. As they snuck up closer, they saw that the glow was from the flickering, ruddy light of a campfire. A heavy, rusted kettle sat on the flames, and more than a dozen blue goblins sat around it in a circle. They were yelling, laughing, wrestling, and biting each other, making such a commotion that it was a few minutes before the kids spotted their parents. But then they did. Father was off to one side. He had a dirty book in his hands and a small group of goblins laid at his feet. Is he reading them a bedtime story? Sasha asked. Peter nodded and then pointed back towards the campfire kettle. And look, he whispered. There's mom. They're making her cook. They watched as their mother started adding things to the pot, the goblins cackling and licking their lips. Both mom and dad had their feet tied together with vines so they couldn't run. They stole our parents, Sasha said. They weren't ever going to give them back. Sasha, be quiet, Peter hissed. They'll hear you. I don't want to be quiet. I want to be loud. Sasha! They're stealing our bedtime stories. They're stealing our dinner. Peter clapped his hand over his sister's mouth before she could give away their hiding place in the trees. We'll get them back, he said. How? Sasha asked. There are so many goblins down there. Peter sat to think and felt something hard in his jacket pocket. He reached in and pulled out a grubby glass bottle, corked with a wad of moss. The acorn milk, he said, holding the bottle up to the moonlight. It was still mostly full. An idea came to him, and he turned to Sasha with a smile. Still feel like being loud? Down by the fire, the goblins were having the time of their lives. Some were laying down, listening to Dad's stories and cackling wildly. So then, Dad said, 
The huntsman took his axe and killed the wolf, and Little Red Riding Hood and her grandmother were free. They all lived happily ever after. The blue goblins howled and pelted him with pebbles and pine cones and less savory things. Boo! Hiss. Fix it! Dad sighed, his eyes heavy with dark circles. My mistake. Then the wolf ate the huntsman and ate Little Red Riding Hood and ate her grandmother too, and then the wolf lived happily ever after. The goblins cheered and then ran back to the kettle, pestering Mom as she stirred. We're hungry! How much longer? Cook faster! Mom stirred slowly and tasted a spoonful of soup, telling them it would be another minute still. The goblins shrieked and ran back to Dad, demanding another story while they waited. Hey, blue goblins! Give us our parents back! The goblins turned to look. They saw little Sasha striding from the woods and then burst into another gale of hideous laughter. Want her parents? You asked for this. They're our mom and dad now! Sasha marched right up to her dad, yelling all the way. This is my dad, and these are my stories, and you aren't even doing them right. The wolf doesn't win. You can't have my stories, and you can't have my dinner, and you can't have my parents. The goblins laughed again, letting Sasha get to her father, but then circling them both. That's fine, said the goblin she recognized as Glimborb. You can stay and help him read. Look, called another goblin, her nasty little brother. It pointed and they all turned to see Peter, fumbling with the vines tying his mother's feet together. Trying to steal our mom, it cried, and they all ran over, pulling Peter away and throwing him onto the ground by Sasha and Dad. They pulled Mom over too and then tied Peter and Sasha's ankles together. You're all too much trouble, shouted Glimborb. Trixie and nasty. Troublemakers! You sit there while we figure out what to do with you! The goblins huddled together and Mom leaned into the kids. What are you two doing? She whispered. You shouldn't be in the woods at night. Mom, I missed you, Sasha said, ignoring Mom's question and hugging her tightly. They told us that the best thing for families was spending time apart, but they were wrong. Peter joined the hug and Dad embraced them all in his long arms. We missed you too, Dad said, but you shouldn't have come. Now we're all stuck. We had a plan, said Sasha. Seems like it's not going so well, Dad said gently. No, I'll explain, said Peter. But before he could continue, the blue goblins came back, shrieking and cackling and tumbling. We've decided that you all belong to us now, Glimborb said. You'll tell us stories and cook us dinners, and the kids will wash our ears and clean our toenails. The goblin held up one ugly two-toed foot, yellow nails caked with boogery green slime. But first, it's time for dinner! It clapped, and the goblins charged the kettle fighting and shoving and scooping Mom's soup into crude bowls of bone and wood. They slurped it down loudly, the broth running down their warty blue chests. Oh, you must be so hungry, Glimborb said, 
coming over to them when the kettle was all but empty. We have one last bowl of soup. Not much for four people, but better than nothing. He showed them the bowl. The steam wafted into the family's noses and four bellies growled together. Oh, you are hungry, said the goblin, and they all cackled. Starving. Famished! (laughs) Do you want a bite? You know we do, Sasha said. Glimborb tipped the bowl, letting a little soup spill onto the ground. Are you sure? The blue goblins all cackled. Enough, said Peter. Just pour it on the ground. Glimborb blinked at the boy. Oh, you're tough now? Tougher than you, you big blue frog. Frog? You dare call me a frog? We won't play your games, you ugly toad. Toad? Ugly? Oh, humans, you'll play my games! Glimborb shrieked. You'll play them forever! You'll read me stories at night and cook me breakfast every morning! You'll clean the wax from my ears and the grime from my toes! You humans think you're so good, but now you work for us! We're the ones who are calling the shots! What do you think about that, smart mouth? Anything clever to say now? Peter pulled out the bottle of acorn milk, now empty. Good night. Glimborb started a shriek that turned into a yawn, and he was asleep before he hit the ground. The other blue goblins slumped around him, one at a time, until the woods were full of snoring, gurgling, sleeping goblins. What happened? Dad asked. Magic acorn milk, said Peter. A drop puts you to sleep for a night. I dumped the whole bottle in the soup when Sasha distracted them. Magic acorn milk? Dad said, shaking his head. I think we have a lot to talk about. We do, Peter said sheepishly. But the most important thing we have to tell you is that we're sorry. We're really, really sorry, Sasha said. Can we go home and we'll tell you the rest there? I think that's a great idea, said Mom. They worked together to untie their feet, and then they made their way through the forest, following the blue handprints back home. Of course, Mom and Dad were a little upset when they saw the mess the kids had made, but for once, Peter and Sasha didn't mind cleaning at all. Because once the cleaning was done, Dad made them dinner, Mom read them a story, and then they sang a lullaby together not stopping until Peter and Sasha were deeply, peacefully asleep. And the blue goblins, having consumed an entire kettle seasoned with acorn milk, are still sleeping sweetly to this very day, laying in their snoring, gurgling piles and dreaming of pesky kids cleaning their long, waxy ears. The End Today's story, part two of Acorn Milk and the Blue Goblins, was an adaptation of a folktale from the British Isles, written for you by Daniel Hines and performed for you by me, Amanda Weldon, with the song by us both. If you would like to support Stories Podcast, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes, make a monthly donation at patreon.com stories, check out all of our merch available at storiespodcast.com shop, or simply tell your friends about us. Thanks for listening!